to show you all something very important. Oh no. Behold your my refrigerator. Behold your what now? No, Alan. Behold my refrigerator. My basement refrigerator. I've kept it a secret from you all. Inside oh, wow. this refrigerator is the most important thing I've gathered for this particular recording. I brought you the two of you here tonight. Three, if you want to count Gracie. She's important to the ritual. Uh, that we um, we get we get this going. It's tonight's the night. The time is right. Oh. So if you open the okay, fridge, so you're going to see. I'm, I'm opening. I'm opening the refrigerator. Okay. And first, did, first uh, there's a lot in here. Yeah. First thing I see is a slip of paper. It says peace on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's that. Just uh, ignore the purple stuff. There's some Sunny D over in the corner. Oh, yeah. Um, cool, 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 cool. But you might, I mean, but the, 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 key, the key part is the $240 worth of pudding. That <laughs> oh, yeah. That is, I don't know why I didn't see that first. That is a lot of pudding. Well, that's because the refrigerator is made out of the pudding cups. Ha-ha, the prestige! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Undercooked Analysis. I have successfully tricked Alan into stepping into a box made out of pudding cups. Bale's <laughs> corpse is in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, this is how I do the vetting process for my co-hosts. Wait, was Kayla it, passed, that's why I married her. Whoa, 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 wait, was... Wasn't that the prestige with like Hugh Jackman and uh, not Christian Bale, right? No. No. Yes. Yes. No. Okay. There was two. Hugh Jack- yeah, because that's that's the corpses that are in there right now. They couldn't solve the problem. Yeah, yeah but was that Christian Bale? Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, it was Christian no. Bale because it's 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 a fucking it's a Nolan film. I watched this, yes, I that, this movie that like skeleton, I watched this movie like last month. <laughs> that skeleton over in the corner is Christian Bale. What's the other? What's the other d- dumb movie that came out? Like that also had the whole. You now know, you see me. Now you no 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 not now you see me. There are two like magic movies, like magician old timey magician movies that came out around the same time. Uh, one was the Prestige. The other was, God damn it! First, first of all, The Illusionist. That's it. And the Prestige all, was so much better. Prestige is amazing. It has you got you got my boy D Bowie as Nicholas. <laughs> Oh, David you Bowie Michael, as You have Tesla. Michael Caine as Michael Caine. Yes. <laughs> he never but, plays anybody else. No, David Bowie is Tesla. That's all you need to know. Just go into it knowing David Bowie is fucking Tesla. That's all I need to know. Yeah. And the twist- You'll note that David Bowie, do you know that David, you'll note that David Bowie is not in the pudding cup refrigerator. No, okay. Yes. I know I know you're trying to bring it back. So uh, yeah, undercooked analysis. Where we, uh, we're, we're reading our- um, Reading Earth. Hey, 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 you know how we just opened this refrigerator to start the show? Yeah. That's one hell of a cold open. Hey! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so we're reading our judges' favorites from the uh, creepy, creepy cooking, cooking staff, staff. Uh, contest. Guess you could say it's a fridge horror, huh? Yeah! <laughs> That's great. Hey, hey, um, hey, Alan. Yo. If you could, like, stick your head in there for a second and like get around the purple stuff to the sunny D we're going to need it to wash down all the, all the pudding we're going to deal with. And I need to, the, while you're doing that, let me talk. I don't think he's picked up on the fact that we are, it's technically a creepy cooking staff episode, but um, we yeah, should probably bring it up. Why are you telling me this? Hey, did you guys also want sunny D? Yeah. I'd love some sunny D. Thanks Alan. Awesome. Anyway, please just, let's just keep going. It should be fine. Okay. Cause I don't, I just don't want him to yell at me anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, he, He's going to figure it out. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> How much we love Sunny D. Like, we're really oh, man, excited about is, the Sunny D. It is great. It is like worse orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true. But yeah, the, so we're good. I think they're... Uh, oh, thanks. Here. Sunny D? Oh, God. So no. what are we reading today? So we have the... Um, as it turns out, we uh, each came to this particular episode with our uh, honorable mentions from the writing challenge. And right, the writing challenge that was, uh, it was, um, <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, it's okay. Yeah, it was no, for the I, remember, writing I remember, I remember the one I did. It was, it was the, it was the, the bad story contest. Yeah. yeah. What, did we do after, what did we do after that one? Well, it was the one where we had the prompts that we, you know, what always people. refreshes, you know, what always refreshes my memory? What's that? Uh, a cold sip of Sunny D. 
So let me just, let me just pop. Let me just uh, unbrace yourself. Myself with glass. Brace yourself. Let me put the glass to my lips. Mm. Is he mm. coming too? I, I. It's been nice knowing you. Hey! <laughs> no! <laughs> did you just? Did, did we just do a full cold open? <laughs> did we just do a full cold open? Okay. For a creepy cooking staff episode. Without you telling me. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No. Is that what you're saying to me right now? Welcome to what is technically still an episode of Creepy Cooking Sap. I am your host, Alan Cheney, uh, recovering now on the floor from where he got hit in the face with a doorknob on accident, uh, is, is my, my co-host, uh, David King. can't feel my legs. Yeah, well, maybe you, should think, legs. maybe you should think about your legs next time you try and open my show. <laughs> and also Kayla's here. Hi, Kayla. Hi. I'm giving my husband a leave right now. Oh. I'm also I, also a, a lot of towels. Kayla? Good towels are important. Yeah, Kayla? you can make, you can, you can make splints with those. Will, will I be able to walk again? <laughs> May, maybe not. <laughs> it's not funny. No, it's extremely funny because you said just like David Hasselhoff. <laughs> just, just. Just put a Pepsi can, put a Pepsi can right next to my feet. It's going to be, we're going to win that fucking Emmy. We're going to win that fucking Emmy. By the way, most popular show on television, Baywatch Mm. never won an Emmy. Anyway. Okay. Alan, the reason I bring this up is because we had three winners of our our challenge. The challenge of your, your show. Our challenge of my show. Yeah. The challenge of the show, show that you so graciously allow me and Kayla to be co-hosts on. Uh, congratulations right. to our winners, by the way. You guys did a great job. And uh, um, and we love you. And we love you, yeah. <laughs> hey, Kayla, I have, I have a crazy idea. What? Take those towels before, yes. you, before you wrap them around David's legs. Mm-hmm. Soak them in Sunny D and see if we can... <laughs> I mean, there maybe is a lot of Sunny D in there. Maybe discover the curative properties of, of uh, Sunny Delight. Uh, well, I mean, it's no G Fuel, but mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, hey, I'm cured. <laughs> sunny D cured me. That's me dancing. Anyway, it's really, it's really cutting, cutting jig. Oh. <laughs> Doing, doing like an old yeah. prospector dance. Yeah, it's like, he's like fucking Grandpa Joe after they, he discovered that Charlie got a golden ticket. Good morning! Look at the sun! Fucking, fucking Anyway, so um, this episode, we're going to be reading our honorary mentions, aka the judges' favorites. Uh, we all had like, I think we all had our own personal favorite that we had like in our top three that wasn't in the, the rest of ours top three. And I figured, I think... We all agreed they should be, they should get, at least get their own episode. Yes. And I, David just realized they're all pudding episodes. They're all from the pudding prompt. Hence. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Every single one. Now, we only this had. Is, this episode is a whole $720 worth of pudding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of pudding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We only had like nine entries though. So I think it's important to acknowledge that we did, you know, who did enter the challenge. Obviously we had our winners who got announced before. And before we go too much further with the honorable mentions, uh, our honorable mentions, I want to give a shout out to, um, to Brian Whitley, who wrote uh, sweet, a Sweet Eddie story, simply titled Sweet Eddie, uh, to Bringer of Lighters, who wrote SCP-1990, which is our only uh, Acknowledge the Purple Stuff based one. And to, and to Rika for Dare to Believe, which is uh, the only Mad Mary story in the bunch. Y'all did great. I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed them for their, for their own reasons as well. Yeah. yeah. I, think, 
I think um, these were just like uh, the ones we chose kind of tickled our fancy in a certain way or like yeah. basically they fit our personalities in one way or another. And I think that the, the thing is when we compile, when we did our scoring system, these were the three stories that each of us kind of had a, a proclivity toward that didn't, you know, quite make it mm-hmm. in there. So that's, that's kind of how that worked, but we're genuinely happy that ev- all everybody here made their submissions apparent, but I've now made the names of all the authors visible mm-hmm. to everybody. So no hiding them this time. We know, we know what they are. So uh, who wants to present, who wants to share their, their favorite story first? Or they're not their favorite, but you know what I mean. I'll go first. Um, their honorable mention. So my, uh, as a judge, my personal favorite was Aunt Bethel's Old Fashioned Monk Recipe, which is written by fucking Eli. Again. <laughs> Again. So, I mean, we didn't have a rule for uh, submitting twice, which Eli did. And Eli was- submitted this with the caveat, though, that... It's not technically a, I mean, it I don't still know. fits. It's, it's, it still fits. He just, he wrote it in a, uh, in a ritual pasta sort of way. I had a funny feeling it was his because monk is a joke between us. Um, but at the same time. Go back. I want to be monk. Yes. <laughs> but it's so fucking funny. All the others were written like in the typical horror style for the most part, with the exception of, um, uh, the Buck Bumble one, which had a more sympathetic one. This is pure fucking humor. And I'm like, yeah, this is my fucking jam. <laughs> um, so uh, in the future, we'll make it we'll make a clear stipulation that everybody gets one entry. Yeah. One. Because there was a point we debated like because David said uh, we have entry by two. Uh, there was uh, someone submitted two entries. I'm like, are we allowed to do that? And we talked and it's like, I mean, that's we not- never said you couldn't. So, but I think it was implied. So we'll make it clear next time. But since we didn't, it's it's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. No fault in Eli's part. Yeah. Um. So I'm going. I swear to fucking Christ, if you do it again. <laughs> Uh, how are we, how do we want to read this off? Like, do, um, does someone want to read the ingredients and then we do step by step we could between do each other? That. We could. That might that might be good. Let's do that. Um, Aunt Bethel's old fashioned monk recipe for ingredients for monk: five grams is each. The hair of someone you tie to the hair of someone, or the the hair of someone you like tied to the hair of someone you dislike. Uh, three feet of black string. A large onion, about the size of a fist or larger. 500 milliliters of balsamic vinaigrette. One cup of dry roast peanuts. Two pounds of seashells, preferably from a beach you've not visited. One tablespoon of instant coffee, flavor of your choice. A two terabyte external hard drive. A two gigabyte flash drive. A digitized dictionator. Dictionary. Dictionator, wow. Dictionary, a PDF doc or RTF. Dictionator, Dictionator. The Dictionator. The Dictionator. Digitized photos of your monk's target look, uh, .png or JPEG recommended. A set of clothes matching the dimensions of your hair donors. A key that's uh, not yours. For nourishment, $240 worth of pudding, preferably cups, Halloween candy. <laughs> uh, but if I scroll down, there's um, there was like uh, extra stuff that like, uh, like caveats for each one. Uh-huh. So like for the hair. I find that the more hair you gather from each person, the longer the monk will last. The five grams recommended is a minimum for a basic monk with a one-year lifespan. For a two-year monk, 10 grams of each is recommended. For a five-year monk, 25 grams is recommended, etc. Et Additionally, it's important to have equal parts of each person's hair, as unbouncing them will cause your monk's personality to shift, sometimes violently. And then for the hard drive... I strongly recommend you source the hard drive from Best Buy. Not only do they have fantastic sales, meaning that your monk won't hurt your wallet quite as much. Best Buy hard drives are reportedly more secure with retaining memory and language. For some reason, the brand doesn't seem to factor into this. Go figure. Some (laughs) other cooks have told me that solid state drives do in fact provide uh, increased speed for cognitive and reasoning abilities, but I've yet to test this out for myself. If you're looking to create a monk that will last more than the basic one year, you'll also want to increase their storage capacity or else you'll have to perform the dreaded routine memory maintenance, which is not recommended for beginners. And then for the photos, these photos can be of a real or fictional person. 
It's advice you not use photos of people with whom the monk may interact, as this could create confusion. Animated.gif files can also work for more advanced cooks, as they provide nuance for the monk's facial expressions. I know I'm reading a lot. There's a lot uh, here. Yeah. It's okay. So if you, I'll let you guys switch between the steps since I'm reading this whole thing. Okay, so it's just going to be back and forth between me and Alan? Yeah. While you sit on the sidelines and laugh? Ha ha ha. Uh, uh... Well, uh, a variety of gifts is recommended in this case. However, as monks seem to prior to prioritize these movements over static images, and if given only one dot gift, may get stuck in the feedback loops where they make the same exaggerated expression constantly. Some craftier cooks have taken to hacking this part of the recipe and begun creating monks of other species as well. As for my family recipe... We'll stick with those humanoids, thank you. Those critters just give me the creeps. <laughs> As for the key part, this key can belong to literally anything and anyone. All that matters is you acquire the key without purchasing it. This means you'll likely have to get your hands on a little dirt, get your hands a little dirty, and steal a key from a store or someone you know. The monk will know if this key is yours and won't accept it as a gift. It's important they have their own key, as it symbolizes them having knowledge, memories, or possessions that you don't know about. In other words, it gives them the illusion they can keep secrets, which remains vital as it as a lie that helps them function. <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh, this is so fucking batshit insane. I love it. So, I mean, the way Eli presents it, this is basically all, almost all the prompts. I'm pretty sure it's almost all the prompts we were working with back when we were coming up with this one. Right, Alan? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I remember a bunch of these. A key that isn't yours, the hard drive, the, you know, I, it's been a while since I've, it's been a while since I've while. gone back and listened <laughs> to that episode. But <clears throat> all right, shall we go through the instructions proper? Step one. Tie your Cut teeth. a hole in a box. <laughs> Step two. Put your junk in that box. Step three. Open the box. <laughs> and that's the way you do it. It's my dick in a box. <laughs> Step one. Tie your two locks of hair together. You can do this with any knot or with a simple device like a rubber band. Make sure both sides of the hair are equal in length, making your finished product symmetrical. Step two. Peel your large onion using your black string. Tie the hair to the onion. Be sure to use all three feet of string. This should cover the onion's circumference several times. Tie the string off and let the onion rest. Step three. In a large bucket or bowl, empty the comment, contents, comments, empty the comments section, <laughs> all the toxic stuff you find there. In a large bucket or bowl, empty the contents of your balsamic vinaigrette and dry roasted peanuts. Swirl them around to ensure an even distribution. Place the onion in the mixture using the peanuts to steady it. That is gross. This sounds disgusting. It's going to smell like shit. It's going to smell like peanuts and balsamic vinaigrette. <laughs> well, then again, like there's salads with balsamic, like uh, peanuts. I, and balsamic. I, feel, I feel like, uh, I feel like the vinaigrette would just overpower the peanuts. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It, it, it just smelled like vinaigrette. Mm -hmm. uh, stick, step four. Stick the handle of the plastic spoon in the top of the onion. Carefully. Bend the scoop of the spoon so that it lays parallel to the ground. This can take several attempts, meaning you might want to invest in a multi-pack of spoons. Once the spoon scoop is flat, fill it with your instant coffee. Mm -hmm. Step five. Place your seashells on the ground in a rectangular shape around the container. Be sure to use all the shells. It's okay for you, if your rectangle is large. You should aim for one foot by one foot, but it's okay to go larger. On a computer, place the digitized dictionary and photos in the root directory of your flash. Also, copy the folder included on our website containing the necessary programs for your monk's creation. Step 7. Insert the flash drive into the onion. This is best done next to the spoon. Be careful not to spill the coffee and don't submerge the flash drive. Step 8. Insert the USB cord of the 2 terabyte hard drive across from the flash drive on the other side of the onion. If it requires external power, be sure to plug it in. <laughs> Step 9. Place the key and set of clothes in the seashell rectangle. Once the step is completed, the programs on the flash drive will begin to work their magic. The birthing process can take several hours or several days, depending on factors like the caffeine content of the coffee used and the speed of the hard drive serving as the monk's primary data center. We don't have a, a way of checking the progress remotely just yet, so we recommend performing this install in a secluded room and checking on your monk every hour or so. Yep. Yeah. Once the monk is fully formed, 
You'll notice that the onion has disappeared as it has grown into a full-sized person. If the monk is still naked, they're not ready. Let them be, as they can't leave the seashell rectangle and they won't hurt anything. (laughs) Once they have put on the provided clothing, consumed the vinaigrette and peanut mixture, and have begun responding in the languages you have provided in the dictionary file, congratulations! They are complete. When you're ready, you can break the seashell barrier and let them roam. If you're using a wired hard drive, however, their mobility will, of course, be severely limited. <laughs> Step 11. Nourishment. Monks require one pudding cup per day. As they live about a year with the given recipe before decomposing, I've calculated that their food will cost around $240. Halloween candy is also a great treat. As every monk... Oh, wait. There was a period there. I've calculated that their food will cost about $240. Halloween candy is also a great treat. As every monk I've ever created or met has loved the stuff, especially candy corn. Ew. Both you and Alan are still disgusting people for liking candy corn. I know. And here's the funny part. I don't call you disgusting for not liking candy corn. I want to, you know what? People (laughs) out there, what's your opinion on candy corn? I want to hear the consensus. Who, how many people out there actually like candy corn? Or alternatively, I don't give a shit what you think about candy corn, everyone listening. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't come to your house and judge your opinion on candy. I'll fucking do it, though. <laughs> this quarantine's in. This quarantine ends. I'm coming to your houses. And you're going to judge their candy. Unless I'm coming to your houses. I'm coming to your houses. I'm going to be like, Twizzlers? Go to hell. Unless it's a... What's this? Plenty? What, uh, good and plenty? Good and plenty. No one likes good and plenty. Yeah, those taste like shit. Uh, step 12? Step 12, Alan? Step 12! Now you can help your monk go out into the world as a fully formed humanoid. Spend time with them doing whatever you or they like. Be sure to give them lots of knowledge and experiences as decomposed as a decomposed monk's hard drive can be recovered and their data can be reused in part or in whole with future monks. Have fun with your new friend. And when you're ready for it to check out the other, ready for it, check out the other more advanced recipes for myself and other monk enthusiasts. Yes. This is fun. This is awesome. This is fun. This is silly and I love it. It's so, again, it's batshit insane. And I do like the fact that it, the like stuff from the other um, episode or suggestions are added to this. You like you crazy son of a bitch. You're awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Now we got a couple more. Yes. Who who shall who's next on this list? Uh should we go with uh David's or Alan's favorite? Or not favorite, but choice. Uh we can do mine. All right. Sounds good. Um mine was titled after the episode. It is it is simply titled two hundred and forty dollars worth of pudding. And who's and about? it is by Oxygen Thief. Yeah! Oxygen nice. Thief. Nicely done. The mysterious Oxygen, oxygen thief. thief returns again. Uh, should, should we go in the same order? or Do you want to start us off this time? Sure. My, my, my first paragraph is really short anyway. Miranda. Miranda! The second time Se- Stephanie said my name, uh, the second time Stephanie said my name brought me back to reality, particularly when she tapped me on the skull from atop her bed and the Smash Victory music played on her TV. (laughs) This game's winner is... My shoulders jumped, and I dropped the Switch controller to reach up and hit her back on the knee, shaking my head as she rolled around in laughter. You spaced out, girl, Stephanie chuckled. What are you even thinking about? Rolling my eyes, I got a little snarky just as the next match started and I was already losing. Sorry, it's just that story about your fifth ex this year was so interesting that I mentally teleported to another dimension. Oh, Christ. Anyway... Stephanie continued. Want to know what I saw at the grocery store yesterday? Sighing internally, I had already had an inkling of what Stephanie might say. What? Mr. Richardson buying a shit ton of pudding. I was actually there to see it uh, to see it this year. The Pikachu lost another stock from the rushdown of Stephanie's bayonetta, and I tried to hide the frustration in my voice. Oh, lucky you! I said slowly. Stephanie laughed, but finally shut up and said nothing for a while just playing until I had a headache from the game, and she decided to graze me with her words once more. Hey, Stephanie proposed. Would you see what he does with all that pudding for 20 bucks? Well, it actually just says $20. I just wanted to see bucks. for. Mm-hmm. The headache had already got, I already had from playing suddenly got worse. 
What? I groaned, fucking no. I knew his son, Stephanie. Come on. Her eyes widened. She fumbled over her words and fiddled with the buttons on her controller. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It was just a long time ago. Don't worry about it, I mumbled, though I couldn't mask my irritation. I really wanted some ibuprofen for my damn headache. You know that sense of humor is going to get your ass kicked one day, right? I forgot, okay, she defended, her tone snappy. I'm sorry, Miranda. Let's just play. We played Smeash super aggressively without (laughs) saying anything more. Stephanie was my best friend, due to and in spite of the fact that she could say out loud what I was thinking, whether I liked it or not. All right, let me get a page break. I like... Is there there any other way to play Smash except super aggressively? I feel like that's how most people play Smash. 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 Sit on Smash. (laughs) I'm arguing with my little brother and dad's now and I'm selling Smash. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take my my, my Captain Falcon and Smash. Yeah, well, I'm going to play as Kirby and you I'm gonna lock Mewtwo, and Mewtwo's not that great in the series, but you want to get Mewtwo to grab the ground, you just smash. I don't want to do my chores, and you do do my chores, and I'm gonna play through the little Mac and go through that dashboard, you just smash. I am delighted by annoyed siblings. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what just happened? I smell toast. <laughs> That's how you super aggressive sim super aggressive smash siblings are my new favorite UCA characters. Why you 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 Passive aggressive is not an option in Smash Brothers. Boy, so items on you. Turn off the items. Smash ball. Get a bomb on you. A baseball bat. Play fox and just stuck. Smash. There are more kids who get hit by cars on Halloween than any other day of the year. Little kids get hit by cars and get smashed. Asher and I were close before the accident. I couldn't look like You win. Fucking win. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I, I think we all need a moment. I got one more. I got okay. one more. No. <laughs> let, me it, let me get it on my screen. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Ready? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Here we go. <clears throat> all right. Hang on. Hang on. We all had a good laugh. It's understandable. But I think it's important to understand. <laughs> Kayla, I think it's important to understand no. that real men use items. <laughs> yes. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm so high. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I even read this? Jesus. Yeah, I think you can. Oh I'm so sorry. I had to take Here, my glasses I'm gonna, off. For I'm going to exit the premises for a bit. Gonna, while you, whoa. Okay. While I do that, I need to check something oh. anyway. I'll be right back. Asher and I were close before the accident. A couple of class clowns. Clowns. I can't even talk. Jesus Christ. A couple of class clowns who got away with everything because his dad was our fourth grade teacher, Don Richardson. It made the other kids so pissed. I'm sorry I'm butchering your stories. <laughs> oh, man. The cart full of pudding things started every year the night before Halloween, or a handful of months after Asher's mom left. I don't know why people gave him so much shit for it, saying how pitiful and weird it was that the tragedy led to a man going crazy. Some people just don't understand empathy, I guess. I saw several buckets of the pudding from where I crouched in the bushes on the outskirts of Don's backyard. There was a little trail I made for every year I came I didn't know if he had never caught me, or if he simply didn't care. 
Beside the buckets was a kiddie pool, which had a ring of candles perfectly trapping in what looked like a hexagon. It was hard to tell in the dark of the night since Don only had his porch light on. But I had visited the past six years and the layout never seemed to change. My black jacket kept me hidden and a warm, although, and bleh. My, bl- my black jacket kept me hidden and warm, although nerves still racked my body. As I heard children screaming in delight while trick-or-treating far off in my neighborhood, Don quietly lit the candles. He stood over the pool and started filling it with buckets of pudding, all the wet, sloppy sounds making me a little queasy. Despite having seen it happen six times, that always got under my skin. Once all that mess was done, the man knelt down and took a piece of loose, faded fabric off the ground. The kid's red Power Ranger costume. I was the pink Power Ranger that night. Asher and I would strike poses on people's doorsteps when they gave us candy. Don placed the costume on the pudding pile before getting on his knees, hands hovering over the pool, and began singing that song. I've never attempted to make out the words for fear of causing something terrible to happen, but I closed my eyes and enjoyed the low bass of his voice. I embraced the light show behind my eyelids that ebbed and flowed with the melody. Even as the area heated up to the point of physical discomfort, I felt the tenacity, the will, the force against nature to take life from the air itself. It pulled on me, if that made sense. My eyes snapped open to see the candles had cleared up to cast a strong orange glow over the whole thing. Several puddles started moving of their own volition as if bubbling in the kiddie pool and filling the costume as the heat and song brought it to life. Eventually, Asher barely managed to sit himself up, to which John finished singing and stared at the creature in amazement. Everything stopped for what felt like an eternity. The head moved around aimlessly, most likely blind, but he said in a wet gurgle, Dad! Jeez. It got Don every time. It got me every time. My chest and throat tightened at the sound of a dead friend's voice. An experience in my life that will never go beyond that yearly ritual. Don took Asher's hands into his own as gently as he could, his body shaking with sobs and unmatched emotion. Hey, buddy, Don choked. Oh, no, wait, it's my turn. Sorry. Hey, buddy, Don choked. H- how are you feeling? Mwah. Asher replied. His head didn't even focus on his father. Legs? <laughs> Legs for days. He said the same thing every year. Don only cried some more and took the risk of pulling Asher into a light hug. I'm so sorry, son, he said. Mommy's not here, but she loves you. I promise. Do you want to go trick-or-treating? A spasm went through Asher's costume at that question. Candy. Run. The candlelight began fading, almost halfway to its original side. Uh, Desperate and panicking, Don's face and eyes twitched, trying to find anything else to say. I love you, son. You know that, right? I love you so much. I miss you every single day. Asher was quiet for a long time, but he cooed even in his dismay. Love you, Dad. The candles had regressed to their normal humble glow, and the air had chilled back to the crisp October chill. As Asher fell back into the abyss of death, the puddles seeped back into the kiddie pool. I forced myself to sit there and wait until Dawn cleaned up and went back inside. I waited an entire hour and some change. After Dawn used a hose to clean out the kiddie pool and threw all the candles in the trash, I waited a little longer in the bushes until he entered the house, just in case. Once the coast was clear, I turned and booked it down the hill to a street that would lead me home, crouching from behind some rocks so I could check to make sure no one else was around. My mother tried speaking to me when I came through the front door, but I walked right past her to immediately find the comfort of my bed, knowing she wouldn't come after me. On Halloween, she always gave me space. It made me sick to see a man be that desperate, but I had to be there ever since my curiosity cursed me on the first anniversary of the accident. The night played like a video on repeat in my head. Power Ranger quotes, comparing candy loots, daring each other to touch the scary decorations, which made her parents' butts butt in to stop. My nails dug into my skin, thinking of how I never heard a grown man cry like that before or since, and how I would have died if we ran across the street just a second too late. This one is sad, but also really dark and creepy. Mm -hmm. It's a good mixture. Um, Oxygen Thief is good at this. Yeah, Yeah, something we got before. I I got a little choked up reading it again. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's heavy. Oh yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. 
Um, and I think it's interesting because like there's there you there's a there's a fair amount you could read into that too. But this one this one's got mel- kind of like uh, with uh, Bumble Buddies. This one's got melancholy all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, a different kind, but a different kind of melancholy, absolutely. But yeah, I, I think Bumble Bunnies was like pure melancholy, where this is more uh, sad with that horror, like that kind of creepy feel. Where yeah. Bumble Bunnies, I never, it, it was never creepy. It was. I'm always kind of, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that this dumb concept we came up with for the pudding ritual actually was Brit- taking, written <laughs> and taken into a, a direction like this. You know, mm-hmm. that's. That's kind of the direction we started to take it when we were coming up with the idea. I've, it's true. I remember that. But, it you know, at a certain point, you it's been so long since we've done that. I'm, the main thing I remember was the absurdity of the ritual. But, yeah, it did start to go there. And once you take that part away, it's like you can do something with $240 worth of pudding. <laughs> that actually does have some resonance. So I appreciate this one. Um, yep. and I appreciate Oxygen Thief for sharing it. Um, All right, are we on to mine? We're on to yours. All right, so the my honorable mention is by uh Daniel Scammell, aka Urkelbot 666, uh, another veteran of these challenges and of you know UCA <laughs> entries in general. And this one is called <laughs> Puddin' on the Ritz, which I do not think Rit- Ritz crackers factor into <laughs> this at all, but yeah, I get the pun. All right, take us home, Kayla. Tracy was a daddy's girl in every way, but she had mom's wavy blonde hair and mom's love of canned pudding. Dad and I could never stand the stuff, but Tracy and mom would sit on the count- kitchen counters every day, spoon in hand, eating right out of the huge tin of uh, Lucky Leaf vanilla pudding. It was gross. Now all that tin pudding just sits on the shelf next to the base- basement stairs. Dad donates a few cans to the food drive every year, I think. We'll never eat it but we haven't been able to throw it away. It's kind of dumb, I know. <laughs> There's a photo of Tracy pinned to the basement door. She's in her Halloween princess costume, smiling, holding a spoon. Mom and Dad called her Princess Pudding. Two hours after the photo was taken, Princess Pudding was dead, crushing her a jeep in the driveway. Mom had a few tequilas. Halloween talk, co- Halloween talk, talk, kale. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween cocktails, she called them, and was only backing the jeep up a few feet to get something out of the garage. Tracy was playing where she shouldn't have been. It really wasn't anyone's fault. Just had just bad luck, I guess. Mom took it really hard. She moved away to do some kind of mission work in Asia. We haven't heard from her since. I don't have a phone number for her. I can't even find her on an internet search. She disappeared. I can't blame her. Dad says he knows where she is, but I'm not sure if he really does. Dad's usually okay, but every Halloween he locks himself in the basement. He has his own Halloween cocktails down there, and I just let him. It's the only time he ever drinks. He kept Tracy's princess dress, black streak, and brown smears across it, and he takes it down there with him. He drinks tequila, listens to the Halloween playlist uh, Tracy made that year, eats and eats old candy. We haven't handed any out since Tracy died, and of course we can't throw it away. The candy is six years old by now. I appreciate that the time frame established by the candy, actually, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two years ago, I jimmied the basement door open with a butter knife the morning of after Halloween. Dad was passed out and I needed the car keys. There was pudding dumped into a pile on the floor and smeared around. Dad was hugging the stained princess dress and he was covered with vanilla pudding. I wanted to be scared or embarrassed, but I just felt sad. I had no clue what he was doing in his blackout, but he was obviously sick with grief. I never asked about it. I thought he deserved to have this one thing, as crazy as it was. I took his keys and left them. There was a strand of long, wavy blonde hair stuck in the key ring. It's crazy how that stuff will hang around for years. A hair, a speck of glitter, a toenail clipping, stains of the past. When I got back from school, he had cleaned up and he seemed happy. Hung over, sure, but happy. I was glad. We never talked about the greasy spots on the basement floor. We didn't talk about any of it. Last night was Halloween again. I saw this little girl trick-or-treating. She looked just like Tracy. It set something off in me. I just need to talk to someone, but it's only me and Dad. We never spoke much about what happened, and usually I'm okay. But sometimes it just hits me and I start spiraling. 
I wish mom was around. <clears throat> Princess Pudding stared at me as I butter knife the basement door open. Dad? I called. He was playing Tracy's playlist on his phone. I could hear the tinny sounds of purple people eater. I called again, but got no response. I didn't want to go down to see him. I didn't want to know what he did down there or engage with his pain. I needed him to come up to me to help me with mine. God, that is what a great sentence. That's, yeah. Mm. Purple people eater stopped. And before the theme from the twilight zone started, I heard him talking. All I've got left is Necco wafers, circus peanuts, and dots. They're gross, but we're kid. The next song started, and I couldn't make it. The smell of sour vanilla hung heavily. I sat on the stairs. It felt somehow safe there, between the real world above and this outer Isolated, but not alone. I let myself cry a little as the Twilight Zone played. I wanted to call out again, but my throat was tight, and I didn't want to abandon my safe spot. God, this is so tragic. <laughs> Brush out the tangles, he slurred after the song ended. Hold still. Here, have a dot. The red ones are okay, he belched. Excuse me. I couldn't place what I heard next. Squelching, gurgling noises. Maybe Dad's burp brought a little of brought, uh, brought a little tequila with it. The monster mash started, and as it played, I could hear, the, hear Dad laughing quietly, his feet shuffling over the floor. I was afraid he'd come over to the stairs and see me. But I knew better. He never came up from the basement on Halloween until much later, if he didn't pass out. Um, the song played, and I remember all four of us stomping around the living room years ago, laughing, doing the monster mash. After the song ended, I heard more gurgling, suckling noises. Okay, okay, you win. No more dancing, Dad laughed loudly and sat hard on the concrete. He'd be sore in the morning. What do you want to do now? Want some more candy? There was a long, sputtering, lowing noise. It came as if it was responding to him. Aw, no more candy either? Dad asked. You're a spoil sport this year. The noise came again. Stop. Again, good good mix of uh, horror and uh, tragedy. It sounded like words. Like Dad was talking to someone. Maybe he had some other drinking buddy down there? He was always alone before. Stop what, princess? Dad asked. I heard his bottle cling to the floor, on the floor. You love Halloween. We love Halloween. (laughs) Princess? There wasn't anyone down there. My dad was alone, talking to himself. I regretted opening the door. This was worse than I thought. I expected that he'd probably talk to her. I did sometimes, too. But to speak out her responses like that, it felt so sad. It felt shamefully sad, and I felt ashamed for knowing about it. I stood up on the on the stair. I stood up, and the stair riser creaked sharply. Dad stopped talking, and, and I stood still. After a moment, he seemed to forget the noise. Want to play a game, then? He asked. Then the other voice came. Oh God! Stop, Dad! Please stop! And Stop, but we're having fun. We're always have fun. I I love you, Tracy. Princess, I'm the only one who loves you. Your brother's moving on and your mom is gone. She left, she's, she's gone. I'm the only one left who loves you this way. Jeez. There was silence and I heard him start crying. The sound was like a cold steel chain snaking into my guts. It was agony. I heard shuffling sounds, then more sobs, then eventually snores. My legs were sore and my face ached. Knees weak, arms heavy. (laughs) I stepped down the stairs. I had to know at this point. I didn't think I could hurt any more than this. I just had to know what happened down here every year. Maybe I could help Dad heal. Maybe we could help each other. At the bottom of the steps, I turned and saw Dad, lying in a heap on the floor, mouth gaping. Loud snores erupting intermittently, and in front of him I saw it. Tracy's dress was mashed over a slopping pillar of vanilla pudding. Candy was stuffed into the pudding of, at the neckline of the dress. I stepped closer. The pile must have been there, been three feet high. As I watched it, it sputtered audibly, settling and oozing wider, covering the grease stains from the previous years. Oh, Dad, I said. And I squatted and put a hand on his shoulder. 
Looking at the mound, the thought struck me. That mush pudding would have only lasted a week with Mom and Tracy around. I couldn't help smiling. I approached the dress, unsure whether I ought to clean it up or leave it for Dad. There was a wig that had fallen behind the mound. Long, wavy blonde hair. Something to complete the look. I reached down to pick it up. I wanted to put it back on her head, I guess. It looked like a high-quality prop, ending in a kind of shaped cap rather than nylon netting like the cheap costume wig. It felt sicky, uh, silky and thick like real hair that had been washed and conditioned. Other than the ragged, crusty edges of the cap, it was perfect. It looked just like real hair, just like mom's hair. Ooh, Ooh. that's good. Ooh, that's a good fridge for there. Ooh. I think we know where mom is. Mm-hmm. I think we know where mom actually is. Oh, dad totally doesn't forgive her. Nope. No forgiveness. None. I think, I the- think that was the clincher for me because I was really digging it. And then it got to that part. And I remember that whole bit about mom being a wall and only dad knowing where she went. I'm like, it's, it's implied. It's pretty heavily implied what actually happened. And I love that. So uh, it didn't click when I first read it. Cause I was, cause as I was going through it, I, I think I read this, this one was not long, not was only like a one or two after I read the $240 worth of pudding. So I was just like, uh, they sound too similar. And then David, David, you pointed that out. I'm like, well, what about the fridge horror? I'm like, what fridge horror? And then you pointed that out. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> Y'all are good at making this one sad. Yeah. Well, it's Okay. The other one was a little more sad and tragic and like heart wrenching. This one is more creepy. Like this actually. Yeah, is- I, I I I picked two hundred forty dollars just as I, I I think the sad it's a little harder on that one. Yeah, same. This one has a, like a like a like a cloying desperation to it though, which I think is it, this does make the creepy factor of like the dad is kind of is pathetic in this one, mm-hmm. you know. So it's and it and it and it the tragedy comes from the fact that he keeps pulling. He keeps pulling the uh, the soul of Tracy back. And she doesn't like she it. She doesn't want to be there. <clears throat> what I love is that these could both be set in the same universe, just with different circumstances. <laughs> kind of like I mentioned with the Sweet Eddie stories. Ah, well, we did it. Yeah, thank you. That's guys. Sure did. Yeah, thank you, uh, everybody, for sending us all this pudding and, uh, this mon- <laughs> and, and also this monk recipe. <laughs> I want you to go back to monk. But yeah, with that out of the way, um, Alan, uh, since you're the uh, since you were the host, and I fully, I will fully and completely stand on that with my now functional legs. Uh, what do you did you think of our first ever creepy cooking staff writing challenge in the end? Uh, I was very happy with how this writing challenge turned out. Um, I think. Let's let's give it some time to accumulate a few more uh, of our own, and maybe we'll do something like this again. Yeah, um, I think you, you need to get a couple more like creeping cooking staff uh, prompts. Right. Coming. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many more we haven't but, uh, touched yeah, on yet. I think, uh, in all honesty, out of all the writing competitions that I had to judge for, this was the hardest. This was absolutely the hardest one. I like you all yeah, were so good, and we kept like, I kept like going back and forth, like, um, I, I I was going back and forth on this episode. You mean between the which one you'd pick for the honorable for your honorable? Uh, like what? No, like while we were reading just now. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, I found myself going like, this one is also really good. I stand by my choice, but man, <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I'm like, ah. Oh. But that's really good too. Yeah. Oh, but that's really good too. And even now, looking back, there's a couple like uh, the ones that we didn't use for the honorable mentions. I'm like, yeah, but those were good too. Like, yeah, it's hard. Um, uh, I think again, I I am in awe of you guys' writing talents, and I cannot wait to see more. Um, like I said, I I think I I did hint uh, in the last episode that I have an idea for a writing challenge coming up and i probably will introduce that like in a probably in a couple months mm-hmm. just uh um but uh i have an idea brewing and i think I, it's going to be a little more because one of the things i wanted to do is make it a little more attainable uh a more attainable uh story basically something anyone could do mm-hmm. 
Um, they don't have to like look up some like, well, there's always going to be research when you're writing a story, but of course. this it doesn't have to be like, oh, I have to look up Disney. I have to figure how to write badly or <laughs> I have to listen. I think, to I, think the most Im- I think the most important part of the next writing challenge is uh, just the one side rule that every story has to include a really cool character named Alan who everyone likes. <laughs> no, no, please. <laughs> Actually, I think this is a great idea. Uh, thank Um, you everyone thank you everyone hey if you're coming to the show for the first time thank you for joining us and uh, please go back check out our (laughs) Hmm? I'm sorry it's like if you're listening to the show for the first time that's hilarious yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know everyone's this was probably all very confusing I'm sure Hey, but if you're listening, you want to submit a story for us to read, you can email it to us at Midnight Marinara, Midnight Marinara, even. MidnightMarinara at gmail.com is our home for that. We will add them to the queue and read them over, you know, when we get a chance. If you are supporting us on Patreon, the Midnight Marinara, and you see a Patreon, you get priority on the reading of the story, along with the choice drags and other sample stuff and access to our discord so if you want to support the show that way come and check it out any dollar level is good in that respect uh but we will happily take anything that you have written and put it through our usual silly silly scrutiny and uh, see what we can do with it there will be more writing challenges in the future as kayla just elaborated on and hey while you're here check out the other shows in the creative horror network shows like the witching hour and trick or track and midnight marinara and darkly lit and a lot of other stuff except not a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all of them right now, but there will be more. Yeah, if, you have any is- if you have any issues with anything we did here on the show, then why don't you pick a character Oh, God. Yeah, that would hurt. A lot of pudding came out of your mouth when you did that. Yeah, yeah, I just coughed up a whole hell of a lot of pudding. That, oh, oh, oh. Is it supposed to be forming into a small creature? Wait, wait, did you just spill Sunny D on it? Oh no. Oh no, <laughs> shit, fuck. What's gonna happen? I don't know. Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinara, and this podcast is part of creativehorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at creativehorror.com. <laughs>